With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going deep on the teams you care about. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back in Chris Gordy show rolling on a Thursday. And I play this music for our next guest who has been having some voice issues, but we'll see if we can get him on for a segment. He is Nick Suss of seccountry.com. Nick, do you see what we did there? Yeah, no, I do sound a little like Gwen Stefani right now, so it makes sense. He is Nick Suss, SECCountry.com. So, Nick, let's start with uh, baseball down over there on the diamond, the LSU baseball team getting it together, able to knock off Tulane last night. Look, Tulane's had some some pitching struggles uh, at times throughout this year, so uh, good on the LSU bats to get it going here. Uh, how do we feel about LSU? A, a week into SEC play, take a two out of three against Missouri last week, uh, went over Tulane, and now a road trip out to Vanderbilt this weekend. How do you feel about this team? I'm going to say something that's really obvious that just needs to be said. When Zach Watson is playing, this team is so much better. Yeah. Like Zach Watson makes such a difference. If you compare where they were three weeks ago to now, you can talk about the pitchers. You're getting better. You can talk about the emergence of guys like Mikhail Hilliard and A.J. Labus and some of these young pitchers stepping up. But, I mean, Zach Watson's hitting 430 in his last 10 games. He's hitting 670 in his last four games. Crazy. I mean, he's just knocking the crap out of the ball. <laughs> and he's also the best defender this team has. His presence in center field makes the outfield so much better, and it makes Antoine Duplantis a right fielder, which might be his natural position. I mean, this team is so much more complete with him at the top of the order. Uh, Josh Smith is going to come back and make this team even better. Right now you have to be optimistic that the pieces are starting to fall into place. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about this Vanderbilt team uh, this weekend. What do we need to know about Vanderbilt? I mean, I know in years past, obviously they've had some tremendous pitching staffs, uh, even going back to the days of David Price. I mean, they, they've had some really good pitchers come up through the Vanderbilt system. And obviously, going on the road in the SEC, it's always tough. But what do we need to know about this Vanderbilt team uh, this weekend? Well, I mean, the same as always. They can pitch. I mean, they're Friday guys. A guy by the name of Drake Fellows. I want to say he's got about a 170 ERA this year. He's one of the best strikeout guys in the conference, and I think he might be leading the league in uh, hits per nine. I don't think he's giving up very many hits. Uh, there are Saturday guys, a guy by the name of Patrick Raby. A couple of the guys on the team know him from playing with him in the Cape, the Cape Cod League. He's having a pretty good season. They haven't announced Sunday starter yet. They've been fiddling back and forth between three guys at the end of their rotation. But this is a top 10 team. Uh, they're ranked as high as five in one of the polls down to Starkville last week and swept the heck out of the Bulldogs. I mean, this is a good baseball team. They, they're always going to be a good baseball team. They have a lot at their disposal being a private school. You have a little more money to uh, be able to spend. 
and I mean, they have a good home field advantage. They have a passionate fan base. It's going to be fun to watch. These are two programs that really should have fun going head to head. Uh, what have you seen out of Daniel Cabrera uh, as of late? It seems like, I mean, obviously he's, he started off the season a little slow. Uh, you know, Maneri's even taking him out of the lineup here and there. But what have you seen out of Daniel Cabrera as of late? I mean, he's hitting well better. He, he looks like he's a lot less inhibited. I mean, I think he was a little tentative that first series. I and mean, I think he went over the entire weekend. He really broke out the next week against Texas when he started clobbering the ball. The thing to know about him is if he's making contact, he's probably getting to second base. He has 18 hits this year. Nine of them are doubles. Half of his hits have gone for two, and with his home run, he has more extra base hits than he does singles. He's he's doing well. He's a gap-to-gap hitter. He's got some speed. He looks pretty natural defensively. He seems to have recovered against left-handed pits. He has four or five hits against lefties the past couple of weeks. He's starting to push for that everyday role. I mean, it's tough to find an everyday spot if you're going to want to throw Jordan into the lineup and you're going to want to work uh, Bryce Jordan and Nick Webb, Austin Bain, all of these options. Uh, There are only so many positions, but I think Cabrera is very close to asserting himself as an everyday guy. I know Vanderbilt is the next opponent on the schedule, but how can you not keep an eye on that game coming up next Tuesday? The Wally Pontiff Classic, of course, coming down here to to Metairie, the Shrine on Airline. Playing the ULL Raging Cajuns, who, uh, look, if you didn't know, last week there was a little bad blood between the two programs taken to the basketball court. I got to think some of that's going to carry over to the baseball diamond next week. I don't know if it's possible to have bad blood during the Pontus Classic. That is just that's true. such a special game for everybody involved. But, I mean, let's not pretend that UL didn't beat LSU three weeks ago. I mean, yeah. This team went down to Lafayette a couple weeks back and lost in extra innings, and they don't want to have that happen again. That's that's a frustrating feeling. So I, I do expect uh, LSU to be motivated. The Pontiff Classic is obviously something very special to Paul Maneri and to uh, all the players on this team. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm very much anticipating that game. And then I believe about four days later, if you're playing the really look-ahead game, Mississippi State comes to town, and yeah. that is going to be very interesting for a whole host of reasons. Yeah, it's actually uh, two days later because it's a it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Uh, oh, that's which, right. Yeah, which the SEC Network uh, is scheduled a lot of those with the, for TV purposes and things like that. So uh, that that'll be interesting for for LSU. And the same thing the week after they go to Texas A and M, and it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. There, we're talking with Nick Suss, SECCountry.com. Uh, Nick. I know we're a couple, only a couple weeks into spring football, but uh, is it safe to say maybe there's a quarterback battle going on between Miles Brennan, Lowell Narcisse, and all the guys over there? And if not, can we just make it one? Oh, it's a competition. It is okay. a 33-33-33 split right now, and the other 1% is whimsy. I mean, Lowell Narcisse, Miles Brennan, and Justin McMillan are deeply entrenched. Coach O refuses to give one person an edge over the other. He says they are all 100% equal, and it seems that most of the players have been instructed to say the same from the media viewing portions of practice that we get to see. We don't get to see them do anything that can separate one another. Tonight's going to be a test. Tonight's the second scrimmage of the spring. We'll get to talk to Coach O after, and hopefully he'll give us some stats we can run down. But, 
right now, yeah, it is impossible to say who the guy is going to be. I think intuitively you have to assume that Miles Brennan is the leader in the clubhouse just because of his playing experience last year. But that's the most you can say. Yeah, I always used to love the the stats that Les Miles would put out after the scrimmages. It would be like, Brandon Harris was 11 for 13 for 180 yards, but he won't tell you, like, so many of the drives started on the twenty, you know, the twenty yard line of the opponent, you know, like the yeah. short fields and all that. It's like, oh, Brandon Harris threw five touchdowns. Well, that's pretty good. And then he'd get in the season and throw for eighty yards in a game. So not necessarily translating. But uh I know one of the big topics that's going on right now, and you got a piece up on SECcountry.com is who's gonna wear number eighteen next year? And it's it's become a topic of debate for the fans and the players of what that number signifies. I know Jacob Hester does a radio show in Baton Rouge, and he, he's brought it up because he's part of the council that kind of helps vote and decide on this. And uh, it, it is an intriguing debate right now on who's going to get to wear that number 18 next year. Yeah, I mean, one of my coworkers, Alex Hickey, wrote a piece uh, advocating for Foster Moreau, who, if LSU does the thing it did last year and gives it to one guy on offense and one guy on defense, Foster is virtually a lock to do it. He's the only senior returning starter on offense who's eligible to wear the number. Uh, Garrett Brumfield can't because he's an offensive lineman. Uh, I mean, he seems like a lock for if it's two-sided. If you're just giving it to one guy, I think there are interesting cases for John Battle and Ed Paris, two of the senior safeties, but we can't guarantee they're going to be starters, which kind of makes it hard to give them the big leadership number. There's just so much up in the air. I, I think Coach O's got a tough decision, and this council has a tough decision. But, I mean, you got to remember, this number is not supposed to go to the best player on the team. It's supposed to go to the leader. So that kind of right. has to sort itself out in the locker room. Uh, last thing for you, Nick. you got a piece up on the, uh, the, the LSU defense, basically saying don't sleep on how great this uh, defense could be this year. Uh, talking with some people around the program the past couple weeks, I mean, they are very impressed with – a lot of these guys on the defensive line, you know, some of the guys who are returning. Of course, uh, Fajoko stole a lot of the, the headlines last week. Um, how good can this defense be, do you think? I mean, I don't think it's unrealistic to say this could be a top 10 defense in the country. Last year, I think they were ranked 14th or 15th in the nation in points against. And this year, they should be better against the run than they've been since probably 2012, 2011, maybe. I mean, they're going to have a really stout front seven. Um, but I'd be a little concerned about the pass rush. You don't know exactly how Caleb on Chason and Andre Anthony and those guys are going to be. And then obviously the corner situation is a little bit in flux. But the starters we do know, you can make a very compelling case that Green Williams is the best returning player in the SEC this season. You can make a compelling case for Evan White in the same argument. Braden Fajoko and Richard Lawrence probably should be the best tandem of defensive ends in the conference. you got a lot of really talented players on this defense. I really do think that with Dave Aranda's tutelage, this could be a top-10 defense next year. He is Nick Suss, SECCountry.com, and he may be starting a uh, Gwen Stefani cover band as well. Uh, Nick, thanks for the time, man. (laughs) Thanks for jumping on, man. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Chris. All right, bud. Take care. Get that voice. Get that voice better. He sounded fine. He sounded good there. He said he was having some voice issues uh, the past few days. But uh, appreciate him taking some time. Always fun to catch up with him. And uh, he's, he's an insider there for uh, LSU baseball, covering them on a nightly basis. And then, 
Of course, LSU football in the days that they have open media availability throughout the spring. And it's all going to count down to we're less than a month now. A month from yesterday, April 21st, will be the spring game for LSU football. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Get get some eyes on, obviously, the quarterback battle, the running back battle. You know, who looks good at wide receivers? It's going to be a lot to, to watch for in this uh, LSU football team this year. And who, uh, you know, a lot of question marks around at different positions. So hopefully the spring game will shed a little light on some of that for next season. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll come back more here on the Chris Gordy Show after this. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 